Hey, how you doing Forever Dog listeners? My name is Don Finelli, and I host a podcast that just joined the network. It's called The Need to Fail, and I interview writers, actors, and other creatives about a time in their career where they just wanted to throw in the towel and say, you know what? Enough is enough. It's never going to work out. But more importantly, we talk about the tools they use to push past their setbacks. My past guests include Abby Jacobson, Lauren Lapkus, John Gabris, Nicole Byer, Jessica Sinclair, and the king of losing well, Chris Gethard. I got over 50 of these bad boys just waiting to be heard so check it out you can find the need to fail on the forever dog podcast network apple spotify google stitcher or wherever you get your podcast nowadays let's fail together now so we can succeed tomorrow forever dog hi folks an unusual episode today for halloween and for the release of hex wives the comic book i won't stop talking about you're welcome Don't think that just because the comic's coming out on Halloween, I'm going to stop talking about it, because as I've mentioned, I want to do 100 issues of this comic, so you all need to buy it, or I'm just going to complain about not having it to talk about. I don't know. This got away from me. To be honest, this is a great episode. Uh, I have illustrator, artist, Jenny Calabro, who uh, you will hear us talk at the introduction, but... We met on Twitter. She's an amazing illustrator. She is also a practicing witch. And we have a great conversation about witchery and pop culture witches and practicing witchcraft uh, and all of this stuff. It gets really good. So I hope you will give it a listen. Um, As I mentioned, and as I will continue to mention, Hexwives is out this week. If this is the first you're hearing of it, I don't know how. It's a new comic book from DC Vertigo. It's out on Halloween in comic stores. Go to your local comic shop and ask them for a copy. If your local comic shop happens to be Golden Apple Comics in Los Angeles, I'll be there on Halloween starting at 10 a.m., probably from 10 to about noon. We'll hang out. We'll have some coffee. We'll, uh, I'll sign whatever you want to pick up, and uh, I'll sign other people's books. Bring me those Scott Snyder books. I'll sign them. He doesn't mind, probably. I bet you get a pretty penny for those on eBay. Um, But really, like, let's hang out and talk about writing. I would really like that. I think it would be a fun thing for me, certainly. I like a straightforward signing is very weird to me. I don't, I don't know why anyone want my signature on something unless it's a check or like a jury duty thing that says I I was there. I hope that's, this doesn't get out there. I haven't had jury duty in a long time, and I don't want to jinx myself, but it's been great not having to come downtown and sit in a too cold room. Like, you get those cold sweats. Is there anything worse? Ugh. There are lots of things worse. Anyway, Golden Apple Comics, 10 a.m., Halloween. Come on down. Um, pick up Hexwives from your local comic shop. Also, you can get it on comicsology.com. Just look it up. Mirka Andolfo, the illustrator, Marissa Louise, the colorist, have done incredible work on this book. Uh, I'm lucky to be working with them. We want to work together for a long time, and we need you to pick up the book to do that. And um, if you don't know, the book is Bewitched Plus the Stepford Wives. I don't know why you need anything more than that. It's about a bunch of powerful women tearing down a very specific patriarchy. It's a documentary comic book. (laughs) Uh, All right, that's it. Here's a a fun conversation that Jenny and I had. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. 
we're doing a weird episode. <laughs> uh, I have with me Jenny Calabro, who, Jenny, we met on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> because, well, I was following you because I love your art. Jenny oh, is an you. illustrator. Um, and I was following you because I really, I dig your stuff. Um, it is gorgeous. People should follow you. Tell them where to follow you, please. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. It's Idol on Night, which is kind of hard to spell, but... <laughs> spell it for them. <laughs> it's E-I-D-O-L-O-N underscore N-I-G-H-T. Okay. So you were putting up um, some of the stuff you had been working on, but some of, a lot of your own stuff, which mm -hmm. is what I was responding to, um, including a bunch of witch things. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you started talking about <laughs> about witch tropes and sort of pop culture witches. Oh, yeah. And at some point said, I think I should do a podcast about pop culture witches. Mm -hmm. And I went, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Just come on here. The podcast already exists. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. we know how to do this. We have microphones. Um, so we can have this conversation. Because obviously, as the listeners may know, unless they ignore the parts where it's me talking, this is something I've been thinking and talking about uh, for a while now. Um, Hexwives, my new Vertigo comic, comes out on Halloween. So excited. It's about witches. Yes. Um, so let's get into it. So cool. first, I'm curious to hear, uh, give me your witch cred. What, <laughs> what was your gateway witch? What sort of got you thinking about, like, there's more to explore here than maybe I had first thought on seeing uh, Bewitched? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, when I was a kid, I had naturally been drawn to like witchy things. Mm -hmm. And it started with movies and it started with Hocus Pocus. That was the one I was trying to pull the name of because yeah. I'm <laughs> a little old for it. But I feel like everyone oh, yeah. who's like five years younger than me loves Hocus Pocus. It's the staple. It really yeah. is. For any witch, it's like, oh, yeah. Hocus Pocus is where it's at. Why? <laughs> it's just so fun and comedic, and <laughs> it plays on the trope of the witch really well, but it also does it in a way that's kind of like quirky and fun. And Now, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, and I have seen it because I have younger sisters, mm -hmm. um, if I'm remembering correctly, like the witches are the heroes of it, and they're very funny, but they're also kind of monsters, right? They're actually the villains. Are they? Yeah. The so kids are the heroes? <laughs> the kids are the heroes, okay. and the witches are the villains. Typical witch trope. But it's fun because it's not the stereotypical... It, it's stereotypical in some ways, but it's not like the green skin and the warts. They're mm -hmm. actually kind of pretty, but dorky. <laughs> <laughs> like Bette Mittler, you know? Um but it, uh, this is actually a fairly common witch trope, which is going after children, like mm -hmm. Hansel and Gretel. You know, we Absolutely. see Hansel and Gretel, witch in the forest, trying to tempt children with candy. And here in Hocus Pocus, it's a similar kind of thing. It's classic witch business. A um, classic witch, yes. <laughs> and I should, I should, let me interrupt for one sec just to say that we record this podcast downtown and there is a lot of uh, construction going on right now. So people may hear that. Don't tell me. Don't let me know. I don't care. I know it's there. We can probably hear it louder than you can. The, it's interesting. I mean, when you think about classic sort of movie witches mm -hmm. and, and you know, you mentioned the witches in Hocus Pocus don't have that look. Yeah. Um, and when we think about classic movie witches, I think we go to the Wicked Witch of the West, right? Oh, yeah. Like that's sort of the, yes. is that the, the uh, trope codifier? Yeah. I think a lot of people immediately, I mean, you go to the... You go to any Halloween store right now, mm -hmm. and anything that has to do with a witch has a cackle, has green <laughs> skin, 
has warts and a big pointy hat. And I love my big pointy hats, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's be real. Not all witches wear big pointy hats. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know, have you looked into where some of those tropes come from? Yeah, actually, I did look into the pointy hat trope. Oh, really? And yeah, I found somewhere online that said um, there was a couple of different theories. And one of them is there was a fashion of the day. Like, I, I don't remember how long ago this was, but the fashion of the day was uh, these tiny little pointy hats. They aren't as tall mm -hmm. and as high, you know, a couple of right. you know feet up in the air. <laughs> it's more like a few inches. And uh, back when they were you know, like when photography was around, they were trying to kind of play up like what is a witch. And one of the things they said was women who wear pointy hats, which was in trend, was kind what? of seen as like, oh, this is like something that only witches wear. Evil women mm -hmm. wear pointy hats. And so they they thought that the fashion was actually really ugly. So they were trying to downplay it, play it by saying, oh, no, no. Which is where that. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it seems like it's another, it's as it seems when you start to dig into any witch stuff, it's just the furthering of the, of the other, right? Yes. It's, it's oh, sort yeah. of expanding that and making women evil. Oh yeah. Like that all just kind mm -hmm. of goes together. I mean, like the start of like the witch hunts, one of the reasons for it, the, one of the big ones was women with knowledge were scary. Women sure. who knew how to heal, <clears throat> women who had knowledge that men didn't have at the time. You know, these, um, what were they called? Um, like the women who would go and help women who were like going through birth mm -hmm. and, you know, um, not, not maids. I'm blanking on the word right now. But Yeah, but they're these sort of healers. Yeah, yeah there, is, there is a word. Yeah, they, um, <clears throat> it, because they knew how to you know, boil teas and concoctions, which are still used medically today mm -hmm. and, and really helped medical advancements. But because they were women and they weren't women of standing, it was very scary that they had abilities to heal people, both spiritually and just, you know, through herbs. And so yeah. it really scared people. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's sort of get back to uh, your your witch journey. Oh, yeah. um, Hocus Pocus was a gateway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hocus Pocus was definitely an inspiration. And then, then where do you go from there? How do you start getting into either, you know, the pop culture witch aspect mm -hmm. or the actual witch aspect? Yeah. Um, so growing up, it was mostly just like pop culture stuff for me. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I had grown up thinking, well, witches don't exist. But I would find myself doing things that I only found out a few years ago when I actually found out, oh, no, I'm a witch, <laughs> um, was actually things that existed. So, uh, you know, tarot cards, mm -hmm. they're actual like Rider weight tarot or all the different kinds of tarot decks. But when I was a kid, I used to use playing cards. And like when I was like in sixth grade, I used to tell the kids, oh, I'll I'll read your fortune. I'll, you know, with this basic deck of playing cards. Mm -hmm. And at first it was all fun and games until what I was saying was kind of coming true. What? And yeah. Tell me about this. <laughs> so one like, for example, one girl at my school, she had a crush on some boy and she's like, I want to know if we're going to go on a date and go to the dance. And I was like, OK. So I did a, a reading for her and I told her, oh, well. 
you know, you will go on a date and you will go to the dance, but it's going to end really badly because he's going to like somebody else and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, this is so fun. And then later (laughs) it actually happened. And then it scared all the kids at school and they're like, oh, she's evil. She's a witch. Oh my God. Was there a trial? (laughs) There pretty much was. Uh, So I was like, okay, well, this is something I got to kind of keep on the DL. So I stopped being so open about it. And, um, I always kind of did it on the side and my mom gave me my first real deck of Mm -hmm. tarot cards. Now, what was when I was a kid uh, Mm -hmm. and actually it was probably a little before me, um, if if children were into tarot cards and Ouija boards and things like that, (laughs) right? This was the era of satanic panic. Oh, yes. Um, And this again, this this does this is like before me by like five or ten years. Um, but parents would not be buying no. the stuff for their oh, kids. No. <laughs> so what was your parents' relationship to this material and to, like, what was the the religion or spirituality with which you were raised? Does that come into play? Yeah, actually. Um, so I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, Italian Catholic. Um, so... Uh, it's it's very ritual based, which is funny because witchcraft is actually depending on yeah. you know what you follow, it is very ritual based. But um, growing up, my mom knew I was into a lot of like weird, kind of creepy, kind of dark things. She just like she let me dye my hair black. She let me go full <laughs> goth. My dad was like, "Oh no, what are you doing to our precious daughter?" Uh, so he really. Has no idea about most <laughs> of my witchy. Oh, interesting. Yes. So. <clears throat> um, so you were given the tools. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then when did this start to, you know, are, are you a practicing witch now? Yes. Okay. So, so when did, when did, this seems like a decision that someone makes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it definitely is. I think, I think it's, it's only a decision once you realize it's your calling. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is I find that most witches end up doing things naturally when they're young and then later they have this aha moment you know witches who aren't raised as witches just kind of go oh wait i i've always believed this i've always practiced Mm -hmm. this so um it was actually when i met my husband when i started dating him he was like are you a witch (laughs) (laughs) what made him say that what were you up to i was just i was doing my tarot readings i was using pendulums i was um meditating i was just doing these different things Mm -hmm. and um i told him about my different spiritual beliefs which at the time i was like oh there's no real you know term for it and he's like you should really look into witchcraft interesting yeah so, um, so what was it about when, when you saw what that entailed, mm-hmm. when you went to the Wikipedia page? Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> which, the dark Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, what, what was on there that you went, oh, yeah, I, I believe in these things and I'm down with these rituals? Yeah. Um, I bought my first baby witch book uh, back home and I cracked it open and it was talking about, oh, if you feel pulled to this, like... One of the, one of the beliefs is like, oh, do you believe in like past lives? Some witches do, some don't. Mm-hmm. But like that was always something I kind of was drawn to. Um, you know, the spiritual beliefs of you know um, ghosts and entities and paranormal, and because I've had lots of experiences as a kid seeing things. Really? Yeah. Right. <laughs> let's let's go one at a time here. Yeah. <laughs> now let's talk about the paranormal yeah. aspect because this is where a lot of people are like, nope, I'm out. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. But you were like, yeah, I'm in. Yes. <laughs> um, what was what were your experiences um, that this helped to give explanation to? Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, I used to see ghosts every once in a while. And it used to really freak me out because um, at first I didn't realize what it was until one time I was in a car and I thought I thought we hit a person. I saw an old man walk in front of the car and then disappear. And I freaked out and nobody else saw. And that's when I was like, okay, that was a ghost. <laughs> I'm seeing ghosts. Um, and I actually got really scared of it. And after a couple of years of kind of dealing with paranormal stuff in my home, just hearing things, seeing things, um, my sister would see it. My mom would. But my dad wow. would be like, I don't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. All the drawers are open in the kitchen. What? No. Um, he really didn't he want really to. He really didn't want to believe it. And so it wasn't until I started getting into witchcraft that I'm like, okay, I'm going to slowly open this door, but I'm going to do it safely now that I know how. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and so what is, what do the beliefs or the rituals tell you about how to interact with this stuff? It's always about playing it safe. Mm -hmm. Always. Um, what does that mean? Playing it safe. What I mean by that is kind of like learning how to protect yourself and learning how to say no, mm -hmm. which is something I feel like um, a lot of people who like to play with Ouija boards but don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to say, yeah. no, you have to leave. And that's very important when you're working with spirits because, you know, you never know what's going to come through. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the beginning of every horror movie. Exactly. <laughs> you have to turn off the valve. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, that's really interesting. So what was the other stuff um, that you discovered uh, in the beginnings of this journey that you felt like helped define your belief system? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. What I are mean, the rituals involved? It's funny because uh, when I started out, um, the books that I w were getting, they were more Wiccan based. Mm -hmm. And Wicca is definitely all about ritual. Yeah. And so I thought, OK, I need to do ritual. I need to, you know, honor the directions and I need to stand north and work my way this way. And, you know, um, there's there's different steps and processes, honoring elements and directions. And then I feel like the more I kind of explored witchcraft, the more I was like, what if I did it like this and mm -hmm. this feels right to me and I, I feel called to do this. So um, it's it's interesting how if a lot of witches start off very ritual based because they usually tend to get into Wicca and then kind of loosen up and explore. Some stay with it and some don't. Yeah, I've so, heard that a few times in yeah. having these conversations, though, that that Wiccan Wicca is like a gateway. It is. It really is. Um, it's the gateway into witchcraft. Till you can, as you said, like sort of build your own yeah. uh, system that exactly. makes sense to you. Which, yeah. I, which, like, isn't that what all religion should be, everybody? It, yeah. Come on. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. <laughs> let's, let's get back to uh, pop culture witches. Yes. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> um... Let's see here. Well, it's interesting that uh, right now I feel like we're seeing a big spike in witchcraft again. Yeah. It's becoming a lot more of the norm, which is both um, can be good and sometimes can be bad because consumerism tends to try to step in and be like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, we can do witchcraft. And it's like, <laughs> oh, honey, sit down. <laughs> so um, it's usually like the last time that I really can see like this giant spike where witchcraft was at the forefront of culture was mm -hmm. like, you know, in the, in the seventies, mm -hmm. you know, when women were taking their power back, mm -hmm. it's always 
you know, in line with women taking their power back. And that's not to say that you can't be a male witch or non-binary or, you know, right. anything like that. But whenever women are struggling, they tend to rise up and try to find that power within them. And even some people who don't call themselves or practice witchcraft, they will call themselves a witch because it's taking yeah. that word back and using that as power. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And we sort of got into this um, a few months ago when we did a, a panel on it in yeah. San Diego that the word itself has power, oh, right? Yeah. And I haven't looked into, I probably should, the origins of the word. Uh, have you? Uh, no, that's actually Should really we do it right now? I feel yeah. like we should. <laughs> but the idea of who does the naming and who does the labeling mm -hmm. and, you know, the the taking back of a bad word, mm -hmm. right? A, a, a slur. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, it's interesting to hear that that's sort of a signal, mm -hmm. right? Like if we saw this in the early mid 70s and we're seeing this now, like what does it represent? What are we, why are we seeing it now? Yeah. Well, you talk about that. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> so I definitely feel like it's like, like I was saying, it's definitely empowerment for women because, and obviously I'm speaking from a place of privilege, but as a woman, reclaiming the word witch like i mean you look at the news today and they try to say oh she's a witch um in regards to i think it was like hillary back during the election yeah. so they're like oh she's an evil woman and she's a witch and it's like okay well now women are turning around and saying oh well i'm i'm a witch i'm a bad lady like <laughs> so yeah it's it's taking that power and turning around on the bully or whoever it is and saying, oh, no, I'm not going to let you have this one. Yeah, um, it's an interesting thing. So looking at this Germanic etymology, uh, it does come from Wiccan in the 13th century, at least. Um, but but the list here says that further etymology is problematic. It sort of just fell into being <laughs> <laughs> grim stuff. Some fairy tale stuff like that seems to be where it was really codified from the German. Oh, this is this is kind of looking for. So Middle English word wicked did not differentiate between feminine and masculine. However, um, by the 15th century, the word was gendered. Mm, right. And I think that's kind of telling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it came from obviously from the verb to bewitch. Because I think, you know, I feel like the the history of witches in America, right, is we can sort of look to Salem. And there was stuff yeah. in Europe before that, but mm -hmm. this is in America where we sort of get our contemporary idea of what witches do. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously the Crucible um, sort of brought that history alive for many of us. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea of magic powers and what those magic powers entail and then the temptation to consort yeah. with the devil. Oh, yeah. Right? And temptation is always a big thing. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so as we were talking about earlier about kind of like the wise women and, and early witches being healers and that being very scary, um, because they're women, they're like seductress you know, mm -hmm. seductive and tempting. And so a lot of fairy tales that we see early on and even, 
in the witch trials, it's always about women tempting. Yeah. Women tempting others. This could be with candy, like in Hansel and Gretel. This could be with their bodies. This could be with a spell. And it's so funny because when you look at how they fought witches mm -hmm. um, before, you know, during and before it got really, really physical and violent, some of the things that people would do could actually be considered witchcraft. Hmm. So there was a thing that you could make called um, a witch bottle and witches make them today. But back in the day, it used to ward off witches. Oh, interesting. But what, what, is, what is it? It's, it's kind of like a little potion bottle and it's usually made with some really nasty stuff like urine. <laughs> but you, well, look, making these things can't be easy. No, you have to no. suffer for it a little bit. Exactly. So you essentially the idea is that you make this little bottle and it's supposed to deter witches from attacking your home. But just the idea of that, like putting intention into an object, putting intention hmm. into a little potion bottle and then tucking it away, like that is the epitome of magic. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting that to fight magic, people would use magic. Right. Yeah. But they would never call it magic. Oh, no, they would right? never call it magic. <laughs> you know, it, it was always like uh, by God's blessing. Mm -hmm. But it, it was always really interesting because all of these superstitions that were surrounded by witches sometimes entail different forms of magic in mm -hmm. some weird way. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. And as you say, like it was... They would consider it Christian, right? They would consider yeah. it by God's blessing, mm -hmm. um, which puts it in opposition to witchcraft. Yes. Uh, making witchcraft the, the evil or the other. Yeah. I'm excited to tell you about this terrific meal kit delivery service that I have been using called HelloFresh. I'm sure you've heard of it. They advertise on all your favorite podcasts, including this one. Uh, but HelloFresh is terrific. They shop, plan, and deliver step-by-step -step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can cook, eat, and enjoy. Um, I get the vegetarian option for HelloFresh because it's great to get fresh vegetables delivered to your home. Um, I made a really great pasta dish with it the other night. It had some really lovely zucchini in it. Uh, the best part of this, and I've been so busy the past couple months with both Hexwives and other projects that I don't have time to shop and cook. And my wife has been busier than I am. So uh, having HelloFresh at home and knowing that we're going to make this amazing pasta dish or we made a really incredible rice dish recently that they sent that had some lovely bok choy in it. Um, and they all take like less than half an hour <laughs> to make. And then we can get that done sit on the couch, watch some baseball, and eat our delicious food. And you, and because you get three meals at a time, which I think they have other options, but the best bet is really three, three or more meals at a time, um, you are set for the week. So when you know you have busy weeks coming up, I think HelloFresh is a great option. Three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. I got the veggie meal, highly recommended. All the vegetables were super fresh. Um, and I believe very local as well. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits. So you know which ingredients go with which recipe. It takes all of the thinking out of cooking, which I really appreciate. The recipes are simple. The instructions are outlined on pictured step-by-step -step cards. It's hard to screw up. If you are a person who doesn't cook, even you can make a good meal 
out of HelloFresh. Spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping. Most recipes take only 30 minutes. This is really true. And most of them take under 30 minutes. Uh, so you can even listen to not even a whole episode of the writer's panel while you cook. And HelloFresh is a subscription service. So your meals come to you week after week, just when you need them. Again, you don't have to think about it, which is the best thing in the world. Like one less thing to think about seems like the goal that all of us have right now. So we have a very special offer for writer's panel listeners for a total of $60 off. That comes to $20 off your first three boxes. Visit HelloFresh.com slash Panel60, P-A-N-E-L, and the number six, and the number zero, and use the promo code PANEL60. It's like receiving six meals for free, up to 50% off three boxes. So visit HelloFresh.com slash Panel60 and use the promo code PANEL60, P-A-N-E-L, six zero. Where does the devil come into all this? Oh, man. I feel like <laughs> the the best uh, depiction we've seen of this is in The Witch from a few years ago. Oh, man, um, I love The Witch. Which is a great movie. It's such a great movie. Um, and th- I feel like this is where we really get to see the stuff from that we didn't get to see in The Crucible, right? Yes. It's the flip side <laughs> of The Crucible. Yeah. Uh, the sort of Puritan farm uh-huh. uh, and the young girl who may or may not have been tempted by the devil. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that... Yeah, she's all in. <laughs> um, but in lore, do you know where this comes from, where the devil plays into this? Yeah, so there's actually um, some different theories and ideas. And um, and I'll get back to the witch in a second, because that's a really great mm-hmm. uh, example. But um, a lot of people believe that the use of the devil came from just different pagan beliefs. Like, for mm-hmm. example, some people believe that um, the picture of the devil that we're so used to seeing originated from trying to um, make Pan, the god Pan, mm-hmm. a devil, evil character. Mm. Um, because when they were converting pagans at the time, they needed to find common ground that they could incorporate into the re- religion and say, oh, wait, Christianity or Catholicism is so much like your religion in these ways But then they would also find the reverse and say, oh, but see, your pan is like our devil. And so they would try to associate different things. Sure. um, Just like as a way to say you're doing this wrong. Yes. Or or your religion is like ours, but Mm -hmm. let us teach you the right way. Sure. So they would find like different pagan goddesses and say, oh, well, see, she's just like the Virgin Mary. So, you know, worship the virgin in the in this way. So they would they would try to find different similarities in in that way. And with the devil or with the um the movie The Witch, what's so interesting is that they actually based a lot of the witch off of the and I'm going to I'm going to mess up the pronunciation. Mm-hmm. It's the Malif Malik Malakarium. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'll look it up. Yes, maybe I we can can't. get it. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, never yeah. say it right, but it's essentially the How to Hunt Witches Handbook for back during the witch trials. And it was made by a really, really, really terrible man <laughs> who had nothing better to do. And they, the movie The Witch kind of says, okay, but what if we take all of these ideas that the Puritans at the time thought witches were, like by this witch hunting guide, and make, you know, this movie off of it? Hmm. 
Malleus Maleficarum. And so that was kind of like the guidebook. That's for, really interesting. Yeah. For how to So they're them. like they're saying like this is all true. Yeah. Let's let's make this our hero. Yes. Um that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um and what, I think it's oh sorry. Go ahead. I, I think the the witch is like one of the first ones in a while, especially in such a big way to to take those ideas and place them at the forefront of the mm-hmm. witch. Because usually when we see witch movies, you get the trope of like either, you know, close to cackling green skin right. or hocus pocus. Um or you know, sometimes something more subtle like practical magic or um What's that one movie I'm totally blanking on? <laughs> Suspiria. Oh, I can't wait for Suspiria <laughs> <Right>? remake. <laughs> but yeah, so so there's always like this kind of shade of like modern witches or fairy tale witches. Mm-hmm. But I really like the witch because it's like, okay, but what about what they really believed witches yeah. were? Yeah. And if you listen to um, interviews with Robert Eggers from around the time who wrote and directed the movie, mm-hmm. um, he did such a deep dive oh, yeah. into the research. Like he was living in libraries for years yeah. uh, to research this stuff. And I think it comes across on screen. Oh, definitely. And and that was one of the reasons why I love the movie so much. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, I know what they're referring. Oh, I, I get what they're doing with the symbolism <coughs> and the imagery. <laughs> well, you know, I'm there with my friends who are like, what? But the, why? <laughs> th- there's also something really cool about that movie specifically that says that makes uh the main character, um, Anya Taylor Joy, Joy's character, both the villain and the hero. Oh yes, right. Yeah, you, and it it feels like taking back uh-huh. witches. Yes, and it's so interesting because at the end of the film, you're kind of <clears throat> like you. And this is why the film, in my opinion, is so brilliant. By the end of the movie, it's like you want to say no, don't, but at the same time, you're like you know what? Good for you, girl. Like, you're free. <laughs> Go be free. Yeah. But I don't know if this is a good thing, but yes. Get your 15th century groove back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but it, it, I think it, it was interesting, too, that it hit, that movie hit at the perfect time for this. It was a little ahead of the curve on mm-hmm. making witches bad guys in a good way. Yeah. Again, right? Like, yeah. before that, and I mean, granted, I thought, the witches were the heroes of Hocus Pocus. But I think they also are, right? They're the ones that are fun to watch. Yes. Um, They're the funnest part of the movie, hands down. Yeah, but yeah. I think we were sort of hit with good witches for so long oh, that yeah. sort of defanged them mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Whether it was Bewitched or, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or things like that, um, which both very contemporary references. <laughs> but it's interesting to see, like, the new Sabrina... Uh, which by the time we put this out will have begun on Netflix oh, I'm so excited. makes her bad. Like she's there she gets to be a monster. Yeah. I'm I'm actually really curious if they're going to blend the new comics and the old comics. Because mm-hmm. in the old comics, Sabrina lives with the Spellmans, and the Spellmans are your stereotypical evil witches who just want to play pranks on humans. Yeah. And Sabrina is a witch, but she's like, I don't really care about playing pranks. I'd rather help people and party and go to the beach and hang out <laughs> yeah. and, you know, talk to cute boys. And it's funny because they considered her a terrible witch because mm-hmm. she didn't want to play pranks on humans. So it's interesting because with the new show, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of hoping there's some sort of like balance there or questioning yeah. like, is she really bad? Is she good? So yes. I'll tell you there is that. I'm so excited. Um, and I think what's 
where where we flipped is in those old comics and on the show too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sabrina was considered by the typical witches to be a bad witch, but she was yeah. also our gateway character, right? So mm-hmm. we're rooting for her. Yeah, we're on her side. Um, this new Sabrina, like the movie The Witch, um, and I think some of this other, and I think the Suspiria too, which which plays in this, mm-hmm. uh, or at least the original did, is <clears throat> um, that the question is there. Yes. Um, even if they are bad, what does that mean for the cat? Like, what is good and bad in this world? Yes. Right? And I think that's a really great statement on witchcraft in general, mm-hmm. because a lot of witches believe, like, there are, you know, Wiccans who believe there's good witchcraft and bad witchcraft, but there are a lot that are like, well, there's gray. There doesn't mm-hmm. have to be white light, you know, dark light, it, or right. dark, you know. That's it's, sort of a basic way of looking at yeah. things in the same way as any religion. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's really interesting that now we're seeing, you know, where we went from completely evil to a little bit of a goody tissue to now we're seeing a lot more gray. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the first time we really see this strongly, like really well done in pop culture is the craft. Yeah. Because with the craft, it's just you start off rooting for them and being like, yeah, they need, you know, female empowerment. They need to take their power back. They need to show these bullies who's boss. And then it slowly starts slipping into madness, like literal madness. Like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't so great. I have a question about that. Yeah. Because the craft is something I was thinking about, and I haven't rewatched it in a while. Um, But does the madness come? We're going to get into some film theory. But (laughs) does the madness come? Does the... um, um, the bad results of ta- women taking power, right? Is mm-hmm. is it a moral lesson from patriarchal Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. And you may know the movie better than I do. Um, I do know a little bit about kind of like what went on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So oh, interesting. Yeah, they actually had a Wiccan priestess come in hmm. and be like the consultation for how things were supposed to be done, which is why I feel like the craft portrays witchcraft so well is because everything that they're doing is like an actual ritual, an actual thing that witches do. And it's way more grounded in reality as much as it can be for Hollywood. I mean, obviously, you know, at certain points there's snakes shooting out of people's heads, but, (laughs) but that's neat. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So it's really cool because the intent was coming from a Wiccan point of view, obviously is that, so long as you're not doing harm to others, things will work out. Mm-hmm. And whether that was from the patriarchy side of the people making the film or from just the Wiccan aspect hmm. of, you know, do no harm, it's really interesting because, you know, when they aren't purposefully hurting people, things are going great for them. But as soon as they take the power and start using it to hurt others, and to take advantage of others and walk all over them, we slip into that madness and oh, out of control. Funny. Yeah, yeah I, I've had a couple of these conversations in the past few months with practicing witches. And the thing that that keeps coming back to me is uh, one of them saying, like, you can't curse someone. Yeah. Because that will come back on you. Yeah, the, the, the rule of uh, three, you know, whatever you send out will come back threefold, which is a mm-hmm. Wiccan idea. Uh, some witches follow it, some don't. Yeah. Um, I definitely like the idea of whatever you send out, good or bad, is going to come back to you um, three times stronger. Sure. So, yeah. No, it's 
It's a good re- listen. If people need a good reason to be good, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. It's a good one. Or yeah. maybe it's like the good place, and there's a point system. Do yeah. that too. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah, just exactly. be nice to each other. Yeah. Um, so the craft, the craft is interesting. Uh, what are what are some of these other uh, witch portrayals that are worth discussing or that have stuck out to you over the years? Oh man. Um, Practical Magic mm-hmm. is another really great one. And it's funny because I didn't see Practical Magic until last year. Oh, really? <laughs> it took me a long time to actually watch it. So you have a, a different perspective on it than someone who maybe oh, saw yeah. it when they were much younger and didn't know about this stuff. Yes. And it was really cool going into it completely blind, but from the standpoint of someone who was already a practicing witch mm-hmm. and being like, oh my gosh. Whoever wrote this book, whoever wrote this, they knew what they were talking about. They obviously practice in some way or have some idea of how things work. Oh, that's cool. So what's in there that makes sense? Um, And where do they veer off? Just like any Hollywood movie, when it starts to get really out of control and crazy Mm -hmm. and slips into madness, you know, possessions and seeing evil. Is that in there? Yeah. (laughs) I've never seen. Oh, you've never seen. Oh, my gosh. Treat yourself. It seems very soft. <laughs> it It is soft. And it's it's interesting because it's like, it's a witchcraft movie that has romance and yeah. comedy, but then some parts get like pretty dark, but like dark comedy. Hmm. Um, so oh, um, I guess spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, but essentially in the movie, there are sister witches who have a family curse from their ancestor witch from a long time ago who um, lost her love. I forget how. And so she she cursed the, the family name of the women in her family can no longer fall in love without tragedy. Hmm. So these little girls make a pact that they're never going to fall in love, not true love. So that's where kind of like the cheesy romance mm-hmm. comes in. But as the story goes on, one of them gets into a really bad relationship with an ex. They accidentally murder him. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. And that's where the comedy, dark comedy comes in. <laughs> so they accidentally kill him. Yeah. And um, they have to deal with the repercussions of using poison to kill him and seeing his ghost and getting possessed and all of these bad things and a detective coming and investigating and they're trying to keep it covered up. But, you know, it it was done out of love because her sister was being abused, mm-hmm. you know, and they just slipped him a little too much. But um, yeah, I highly recommend the movie. It's it's a lot of fun. But but as far as like where the more grounded witchcraft comes in is like, um, at least in my opinion, is like there aren't too many scenes in the movie that's really over the top Hollywood. You know, there's a part where they're making margaritas and they point their fingers and the blender goes. <laughs> but <laughs> you, I bet that was a studio note. Like, let's yes. see them do some witchcraft. Wouldn't this be fun? Right. Sure, exactly. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> But for the most part, like there's writing intentions, sending your energy out to bring, you know, the one you love to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, fa- familial curses. And um, there's just like it's like the craft in the way that it feels more grounded mm-hmm. than to Hollywood, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like for me, the best witches in pop culture were sort of the broadest. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking of um, The Witches. The Witches? Uh, the Roald Dahl story oh, and yes. movie. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Angelica Houston, who 
is sort of a classic fairy tale witch in this. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ursula, the sea witch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? These sort of, like, like there aren't a lot of female monsters uh, in horror stories, in, in, in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for... You know, it feels like a double-edged sword when an actress got to really dig into one of these roles, like Angelica Houston, like, um, what's her name? Something, Carol, in uh, The Little Mermaid, uh, like The Witches of Eastwick, mm, where they mm-hmm. got to yeah. play big and funny and scary, and but, but there was a lot of humanity to these characters, right? Mm-hmm. But they're still playing monsters. Yeah. <laughs> And that can't be good. Yeah. How do we, how do you uh, as a witch and you as a person who uh, has looked at these sort of pop culture depictions of witches feel about that double-edged sword? I think there's a, and this is my opinion, but I think there's a good way and a bad way to depict evil witches. Like, Hocus Pocus obviously plays on tropes of Mm -hmm. evil witches, but I feel like it's done really well in a way that they're comedic and they're silly and they're goofy and they're not to be taken super seriously. They're not super monstrous or a huge threat. They're they're laughable. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, speaking of like uh, the witches, the uh, that one where they're just absolute monsters, I feel like that's like, okay. As a witch, it kind of sucks that it's like we're still being depicted as these hideous creatures that just want to eat children. Yeah, I mean, is it equivalent to... Because it is... Angelica Houston is incredible in it, and uh-huh. it's she's such a compelling character. Is it equivalent to, like, Anthony Hopkins playing Hannibal Lecter? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I, I Maybe a little funnier, maybe yeah, a little more for kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but for, for, like, for me... I know there are some witches who, like, when they go to a Halloween store and they see these Mm -hmm. foam green cackling witches standing over a giant bubbling cauldron, they get really offended. Whereas for me, it's like, I know where to draw the line between, like, this is the made-up stereotype, this isn't what we are, and I'm not going to let that affect me, versus, like taking it super personally. Um, It's it's when they kind of ride the line of, like, when they don't depict them as monsters, but they depict them as um, just like normal women who have abilities, but then they say, you know, they're damned and they're evil and right. they're the, and it's like, well, you know, they they haven't given us a reason other than they have abilities or maybe they're they have bad intent, but it's like that's still portraying the witch in this really bad scope. So mm-hmm. I I don't try to take it too personally sure but i know that it's still not a good thing when we portray women in a way that's so malicious mm-hmm. you right know? absolutely i mean yeah. i think there's witches of eastwick is a good example right yes. it's it's a problematic story in a yeah. lot of ways it's a compelling story in a lot of ways but it's a problematic story in that for these three women to take control of their lives they need this charming guy to come into mm-hmm. town and empower them yeah Right. And then they're called witches. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what is the future of witchcraft in pop culture, in your life, in uh, the world? (laughs) Big question. That is a big question. My goodness. What would you like to see from the movies and television and, and stuff? I would like to be able to see more witches that aren't like super, super soft 
but you know they they obviously have power they obviously have strength you know they're powerful women in general but they aren't apologetic and they aren't villainized for it and i feel like that's something we don't see in a lot of children's media especially because yeah. usually there's just the evil witch mm-hmm. that's it we don't often get an opposite yeah um, or the holy good witch yeah which like scary godmother and and some of these yes. which is <laughs> which is great right <laughs> like the so design good. is amazing and yes. such a fun character and jill you know has done incredible work but it's it's still a defanged version like we're not seeing nuance be- mostly because it's a kid's thing but yeah yeah She's wholly good, mm-hmm. or she's Glinda, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> we exactly. want to see the in between witch. Yeah, some you know we want we want to give women their power back, but do it in a way where by the end of it, you're not being like she's evil, she's mm-hmm. a witch, you know, she's damned. And I feel like there's a lot of things in the works in animation, just because this is my background, mm-hmm. that people are trying to get those kind of stories out there where it does involve you know, the occult and the paranormal and witches in a fun, lighthearted, but strong way. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited to see where certain projects and things go from there. But um, it'd be interesting to see more of that really come to the forefront mm-hmm. of, of media. Yeah, playing playing the message, the metaphor of empowerment mm-hmm. uh, in a, a more nuanced way. Yeah, for sure. Um that sounds good to me. What do you have coming up? What do you want to tell us about? Anything? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, people can follow you on Twitter. Yes. Um, and you'll put up, uh, you put up art there a lot, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, are there other places people should look for your art? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's going to be the same tag as my Twitter. Um, I do have a separate... Uh, witchcraft account on Instagram where I just post witchy photos, which you can find <laughs> the link in my art Instagram. Okay. But yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, thanks for chatting, Jenny. Let's do this again sometime. Definitely. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Writers Panel. Tune in next Tuesday and every Tuesday for a brand new episode. And in the meantime, please subscribe and review the Writers Panel on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. And follow me on Twitter at Ben Blacker, just like it sounds. And let me know who you want to have on the show. The Writers Panel is a co-production of the Forever Dog Podcast Network and the ATX Television Festival. You can listen to more Forever Dog podcasts at foreverdogpodcast.com and keep up with the ATX Fest throughout the year at atxfestival.com. Thank you and see you next week. Well, you'll hear me next week. Thanks for subscribing. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.